Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of The Drop. Ardo Cal, of course, flying solo. Greg Wyshynski is probably setting records for least amount of sleep ever for a human being uh, with the new bundle of joy in the household. Uh, I hope that we see you soon, Wish, but in a way I hope we don't because that means you're enjoying your time uh, being a dad, a uh, new dad, again, and uh, and all the happiness that comes with it. So in the meantime and in between time, I'll be flying solo, and you can catch our podcast twice a week. Note the new time for the second half of the week, every Tuesday and now every Friday, wherever you get your audio podcasts as well, the NHL on ESPN YouTube. Thank you for all the comments uh, from our last episode. Uh, we're endeavoring to get a little bit more active in the comment section as well. So uh, if you feel like continuing the conversation from the podcast, whatever the subjects may be, uh, we will be monitoring the comment section and we'll be trying to be active in there as well. So the conversations can continue. Starting the show on a serious note, this was first reported by Robin Doolittle and Rachel Brady of the Globe and Mail. Five members of the 2018 Team Canada World Junior Hockey Team have been ordered to surrender to police in London, Ontario to face charges of sexual assault. The incident occurred following a Hockey Canada fundraising gala in June 2018, where an alleged group sexual assault occurred to a woman in a hotel room. Reporter Rick Westhead spoke with an attorney who has defended sexual assault clients in the past who said that it's customary in a case where there's no public danger to prospective defendants to be given at least a week or two to surrender to police. In the last five days, five current and former NHL players have taken indefinite leaves of absence from their teams. There is no official connection between these players and the story that we are speaking of right now. This is These are the five players that have, in the last five days, taken indefinite leaves of absence from their team due to personal reasons. Michael McLeod and Cal Foote of the New Jersey Devils, Dylan Dubé of the Calgary Flames, Carter Hart of the Philadelphia Flyers, Alex Formenton, who played with the Ottawa Senators but had been playing in Switzerland. He will now return to Canada via a team statement. There are not um, the London police announced that due to the significant public interest in the case, the LPS will hold a press conference on Monday, February 5th to share further details. And that will be streamed on Facebook live on their site, facebook.com slash LPS Ontario. So we will continue to monitor this story as it continues to unfold. Let's shift gears now. Let's talk about other stories around the National Hockey League. Uh, we will apply our winners and losers. I enjoyed doing that last episode. I think that that will become a recurring thing uh, as we talk about certain news items, uh, including this one, the NHL to Utah, question mark. The Smith Entertainment Group, the parent company of the Utah Jazz, the Delta Center, Real Salt Lake in the MLS, and the Utah Royals in the NWSL have formally requested that the NHL initiate an expansion process with the ultimate purpose for bringing an NHL team to Salt Lake City. Winner, the I ain't reading all that meme. The, you know the one where the text message, hey, I ain't reading all that. I'm very happy for you or I'm sorry that happened. Uh, that that's the first thing I thought of because the press release to this was an essay. Uh, just give me the bullet points, man. Like, that's all I need to know. Just t tell me what I need to know here as it pertains to this news. Uh, but they were, yeah, guns blazing for the uh, Utah Jazz and the Smith Entertainment Group. Uh, they definitely want a team in Utah. Uh, listen, uh, the, the press release was a long one. We got through it. We made it through. Uh, maybe had a coffee or two 
But um, all jokes aside, uh, this is a full court press from the uh, the group out of Utah to bring the NHL to Salt Lake City. And uh, I mean, look, you love to see it. It, it, it uh, here, here's the thing. I do believe that uh, this will happen eventually. Uh, it, it, it's just too lucrative. We'll get to that in a second. A winner, the Western Conference. If Salt Lake City did get another team, then teams like Colorado and Vegas and California teams that are in the geographical vicinity, well, that's one more team that they can travel less to see because we always hear about, in, in all sports, in the NBA, NFL, uh, NBA and NHL especially, the the travel, the excess amount of travel, the more travel that Western Conference teams do uh, in, a, in comparison to Eastern Conference teams. Well, of all the teams that are out there right now that are in that expansion race per se in the NHL, Salt Lake City would be one that Western Conference teams are like, yes, bring it on. We would love nothing more than to either take, take a short flight or even a, a bus um, if possible. So uh, they must love the prospect of that being a possibility. Winner, triple threat matches. Why am I saying this? Well, Atlanta, Houston, welcome Salt Lake City to the chat and battle it out for the next expansion. Uh, the, 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 the scuttlebutt, the, the, all the reporting recently as it pertains to NHL expansion was all about Atlanta. Had they found a geographical area? Was there a new arena being proposed and built? All of the, all of the action, all of the spotlight was on Atlanta in terms of NHL expansion at the moment. And then here comes the Smith Entertainment Group from the top rope. But Houston is always there as well as a big market potential for the NHL. So I'm going to just enjoy this triple threat match between these three markets and whoever else might enter this expansion Royal Rumble that we're about to see in terms of who's going to be the next team, uh, whatever the case may be. Uh, winner or loser, visiting team slash fan base travel. Now, the reason I say this and I'm going to be completely honest here. I don't know much about Utah. I have not been to Utah. I uh, don't know much about the travel destinations. I'm sure it's lovely. I really just, I am coming at this completely uninformed about the state of Utah. And please chirp me in the comments, especially if you are from Utah, if you live in Salt Lake City. Tell me why your state is great. Tell me why your city is awesome and why I should visit and why I should be excited to come to your city when that opportunity presents itself. Uh, it's not like I've been avoiding it. It's not like I've been like, nah, I'm not going to Utah. It's just the opportunity never presented itself. And I will say there are big shoes to fill because the last two expansion teams of the NHL were Vegas and Seattle. Vegas is like the tourist attraction capital of the United States, and Seattle is a banger of a city. So I there are definitely there's definitely a shadow there. And there's and people will definitely make those comparisons, especially to the last two expansion teams. Not to say the Salt Lake City isn't a wonderful place but what i what i do wonder is when when a fan base looks at their team's schedule at the start of the season maybe they're picking one or two cities to go visit right they want to go see their team on the road some teams some fans often pick florida or vegas like i said or whatever big hubs montreal toronto new york like just big city hubs chicago la whatever 
And sometimes they pick other uh, buildings because they just want to, maybe they want to go party in Nashville or something like that. Uh, and they just want to catch their team while they're there and they make it a vacation for themselves. I'd love to know from other fan bases in the league, if Utah was in the league, how seriously would you consider making a trip out to Utah? And would that be something you would love to do? Would that be something you would even consider? Would that be low on your list? I, I'm genuinely curious. So please let me know in the chat uh, where Utah would rank if they do become a team in the NHL. Another loser to all of this, Arizona. And here's why. Uh, the hockey world is still waiting for a definitive answer on what the arena plans will be for the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, and and you got to wonder, did the timing of this announcement sort of uh, vibe with the fact that we haven't heard anything in that regard. And we were sort of, I'll stop short of saying promised, but we were really expecting something to drop definitively in that regard it, from Arizona around now, or at least before now. So clock is ticking. Like th there needs to be some sort of solution in place. I know that they're searching, but we there, something needs something needs to give here in terms of the future of the NHL in Arizona and the Coyotes. And so is the end result of this not necessarily an expansion, but a relocation? And I'm not trying to put that out in the universe. I'm just saying if there is no solution for Arizona and if they've exhausted all their avenues and there's no arena that can be built is the next step. We got to look for somewhere else to go and maybe Utah enters that. Now, here's the counterpoint to that. The expansion fee is extremely lucrative and i and I, there's two other things i want to mention about this before we move on to another topic the first thing is people are concerned about the quality of play in the nhl maybe we've already reached that ceiling in terms of the amount of nhl caliber players in the league with 32 teams adding a 33rd 34 36 whatever number you're thinking of that will just make it even more diluted and what kind of product will we see on the ice if we have that many teams obviously the economic response to that is a billion dollars in terms of franchise fees and just look at the franchise tags from vegas to seattle we're essentially at the point where a billion dollar franchise fee is not out of the realm of possibility and quite frankly will be very lucrative and all the owners in the nhl will absolutely want a piece of that pie and so Economically, it seems like a foregone conclusion to me that we will eventually see more teams in the NHL. At least one, possibly two, maybe four. And I'm not saying, as a fan, some people are cringing hearing this saying, no, we already have enough. Like, this is way too much. But economically, it just makes too much sense um, to infuse that kind of money. And the fact is, there are plenty of billionaires or rich people out there that would love nothing more than to throw cash at the National Hockey League and just for the opportunity to say, I own a team and I bring it to the city that I want to bring it to. So it just seems like an inevitability to me. So that's the financial part of it. The other thing is, I also did see... Uh, the uh, theory that this announcement, this announcement for uh, the the full court press, Salt Lake City uh, wanting an NHL team, uh, you know, start start the process now. That news came out roughly ten to fifteen minutes after the Hockey Canada reporting, 
And there was a notion out there that uh, people thought, oh, this was just an attempt to take eyeballs or spotlight away from this uh, blockbuster of an announcement, uh, this reporting from from the Hockey Canada side. Uh, I understand why that sentiment exists. You know, the 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 the, the, the smokescreen, the diversion, uh, that tactic certainly exists in media and certainly has been used in the past. I'm not even talking sports. This is a general media thing. Certainly that is a tactic that has been used in the past. The reason I don't necessarily buy it in this case is from the Utah side, from the um, Smith Entertainment Group side, I would believe that they would want maximum visibility and maximum exposure for their announcement. And to even get to the point to make that kind of announcement, you have to put a lot of pieces in place. This is not just a, oh, yeah, let's go ahead and announce it in 12 hours. It usually takes days, weeks sometimes to plan for these things. So if you were to tell me that SEG planned this a week or two in advance and they had planned to uh, drop the news on a Wednesday, on this Wednesday, and uh, then this this bombshell of uh, uh, a breaking news comes out, my question would actually be the opposite. Were there conversations internally to postpone the news? Because they will like the the hockey world will be uh, the the discourse of the hockey world will be dominated by. Uh, the, the Hockey Canada news, of course. And so I wonder if the Smith Entertainment Group had any hesitation and said, you know what, like, this is not the right, like, it's it, the timing doesn't jive here. Like, let's uh, postpone or whatever the case may be. I wonder if those conversations were had uh, as, as a result. So, but obviously the news did come out and uh, a full court press for the uh, Utah-based group. And we'll, we'll wait and see uh, if it's inevitable and how long uh, the the um, NHL will go to Salt Lake City if and when that happens. And then we can have conversations about what the color scheme will be and what the team name will be and what the mascot will look like. Uh, Drew Doughty with the call out. The Kings lose to the Sabres 5-3 to three, and Drew Doughty was not happy in talking with reporters afterwards. Here's a quote. I think we got guys in this room who are too worried about themselves and worried about their points and worried about stuff like that. We get a 3-1 lead tonight and guys start thinking it's a cookie night and we stop playing the way we know how to play. Have an awful second period and then there are and then we aren't much better in the third. It's about the team. It's not about yourself. A lot of guys on this team need to realize that. Now the Kings have lost four of their last five including a loss to the San Jose Sharks in a shootout on Monday. The Kings are in the first wild card right now, 53 points. On Thursday, they lost in regulation to Nashville, who are two points behind them in the second wild card spot in the West. The Blues are three points back just on the outside as of Thursday morning. Winner, Drew Doughty. He's a leader. He's a champion. He's a respected voice, not just in the Los Angeles Kings locker room, but in the entire National Hockey League, in the hockey world in general. When he says something, people listen. He's earned that. I imagine that locker room perked up just as the hockey world perked up when he said it, and maybe he had words privately, and now corrections will be made. 
Leaders lead. Find the best ways to lead. In this case, Dowdy decided that this was the best course of action to take to yield maximum results. You've heard me say that on this show previously. I believe that to be the case for Drew Dowdy as well. I think that he knew that doing this would light a fire, create a spark, and make the right corrections in the locker room. Drew Dowdy knows what he's doing. He has earned that respect, certainly from me and from the hockey world and from his teammates. Winner quotes, quotable quotes. Is it just me? Tell me in the comments if I'm wrong. Is it just me or have we experienced a quotable quote per week increase in the NHL this season? It seems every time we look around the corner, there is another fire quote from someone, whether it's the coach, a general manager, an owner, a player. It feels like we have had no shortage of them this season, I'm loving it as someone who creates hockey content. I'm sure the hockey world is enjoying it because it gives them something to talk about. But it just feels like this season we've had more. It's almost like pound for pound in terms of quotes. Do you feel the same way? I'd love to know. Please let us know in the comments. Loser cookies, actual cookies. Our favorite snack took some strays uh, in Drew Doughty's quote. I know that's a thing that hockey players say. It's cookie night. Got to get your points. I understand that. But the cookie world can't be too thrilled with this. Okay? They'll rally fast. Don't get me wrong. Everyone loves cookies. Everyone loves cookies. Except when they have raisins. Because as we all know, raisins suck. The Vancouver Canucks unveil blue chrome domes third nhl team to use chrome in the helmets vegas golden knights gold the los angeles kings silver when vegas and la play each other it's very star wars i absolutely love it but the chrome domes in blue that's what the vancouver canucks have done loser tradition i love the blue chrome dome some people hate them i don't i think they look terrific they are eye-catching they're different. Every team should do it. I'd love to see a red chrome with the Carolina Hurricanes. Hey, they're going to go back to the Hartford Whalers jerseys. Give me a green chrome. Other teams in the league, consider releasing chromes. I love it. Black chrome for the Penguins or the Bruins, whatever. Just looks great. Speaking of black helmets, though, winner, creativity. The Vancouver Canucks already have a black matte helmet for their skate logo in my opinion one of the greatest sports logos of all time free the skate even roberto luongo said it uh, in his recent ceremony in vancouver that's how he ended it that's how important the skate is but sincerely both helmets are amazing home run by the vancouver canucks creative uh, creative teams marketing teams, content teams, graphic teams, whoever created both of those helmets. Chef's kiss. Absolutely love them. So shout out to them. Would love to see more Chrome. All right, everyone, that does it for the latest episode of The Drop. I wish, I, I, I don't know, I believe he's joining us next week. I will confirm that. Uh, and we'll all find out together on uh, Tuesday. Remember, Tuesdays and Fridays, that's where you can get our podcast, wherever 
you download our podcast in audio form or the NHL and ESPN YouTube. Now, remember, we have a special Friday game on ESPN. It's a 7 o'clock start. The Golden Knights are in MSG. They will face the Rangers. I'll be on studio updates for the game. You will have Steve Levy, P.K. Subban, and Mark Messier in studio. Prior to the game, the point is on ESPN2, a 5 p.m. start. That trio will take you through, almost like a pregame show, getting you ready for the Rangers and Golden Knights. Of course, a huge week for ESPN next week and the family of networks. It is All-Star Week, and it is jam Packed on Thursday, the All-Star Draft is returning. That is at 6 p.m. on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Plus. Remember the captains, Team Matthews, Austin Matthews, Morgan Riley, Justin Bieber, Team McDavid, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Will Arnett, Team McKinnon, Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr, Tate McRae, Team Hughes, Quinn Hughes, Jack Hughes, Michael Buble. As well, more festivities on Thursday, the NHL Alumni Man of the Year honoring the 1967 Toronto Maple Leafs and the Canadian Tire Professional Women's Hockey League three-on-three showcase also happening on Thursday. The All-Star Skills Competition revamped format curated by Connor McDavid. That will happen at 7 p.m. on ESPN and ESPN+. And then the big one, the All-Star Game, Saturday, February 3rd, 3 p.m. Eastern on ABC and ESPN+. Plus, Thank you, everybody, for listening, watching the show. We really appreciate all of you. Remember, we're going to try and be in the comments so we can keep the conversation going. So we'll see you there. If not, have an awesome weekend. We'll get you back on Tuesday.